The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. This is the fourth Sunday of the Holy Resurrection after the Church celebrates the Holy 50 Days. And today's Gospel reading starts with a reminder that Christ is the light of the world, saying, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Christ often reminds us that He is the light of the world and our relationship to that light, and that that light is life, and that that light of the world, um, and that we are the lights of the world as well, because we're reflecting that light, and that our lights must shine in the world through our actions and especially through our, the way we deal with other people. Now more than ever, the world needs that light and works of Christians, that we may shine that light of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the world, and that we must work in that light um, because the night is coming when no one can work, as, John, as it says in John chapter 9. So long as we're alive, we're in, we're in the day. We're working. It's time now for us to work. There's a time coming uh, when we'll no longer be alive in our flesh. And that time, no one can work anymore. And no one will have that opportunity to work anymore. So we shouldn't, therefore, let that night overtake us when we're not ready and we're not prepared. It's now time for our faith to work through love, as, um, as it says in scriptures. Here we're asked to believe in that light and to walk in the light. I like what St. Cyril of Alexandria says. He says, we belong to Christ and to the Father. We become children of the Father when by faith in Christ we receive the Father who is light. Then we too will be called children of God and children of light. So walking in the light means that it's like a spiritual journey. It's a walk, that we're walking towards a goal, and we take our life here on earth as that journey, um, and we walk in the light in genuine faith, and that kind of faith that works through love. <coughs> but like any other goal, uh, or like any other journey that we walk towards, there has to be a goal, and no other goal uh, and, and of course, there's so many goals in our life, right? We have, uh, we're bombarded with different types of goals to the point where it's a distraction from the true goals in our life. Uh, whether it's our career, our life, uh, our, um, who we marry, where we live, what kind of jobs we have, uh, how many hits we have on our social media account. I mean, so many different goals that we can try to obtain, but it, it's all a distraction, right, from the true goal of becoming children of light and walking in that light for all of our joy. And no other goal outside of this, uh, becoming children of light, fulfills all of our uh, human desires, gives us true joy, endurance uh, during adversity, and of course assurance of ever, uh, everlasting and eternal life. As our Lord Jesus Christ said, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So this is the ultimate goal that we read about today, is that we become children of light. St. Cyril goes on to say, The things of the earth are but of little value and last only for a time, and belong to the flesh solely, which is the victim of corruption. But those things which are divine and spiritual constantly and without ceasing accompany those who have been counted worthy of receiving them, and reach onward even unto unending worlds. Once we're convinced of that goal, that this is the greatest goal, the greatest destiny that a human being can have is to become children of God, then we ask, how do we get there? 
So one may ask, you know, how do we obtain the, such an amazing destiny? Then there's a couple starting points that we want to talk about today uh, of becoming children of light and walking in that light. First, we receive that right to become children of light or children of God at when? When do we receive that right? Is it after many years of uh, hardworking asceticism and spirituality? When do we receive it? Yes? Yeah, anyone? Okay, all three of you got it right, okay. <laughs> Baptism, that's correct. And so we receive the end of our journey at the beginning of our journey. It's kind of a paradox, right? But God gives us that right to become children of God, and we're commanded to call Him our Father at the very beginning of our spiritual journey. So we haven't earned it, right? We, we get that gift, and then we spend the rest of our life living up to that title that God gave us. As it says in John chapter 1, To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born through baptism. That's my, I'm adding through baptism. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're commanded to call God our Father from the very, very beginning. After we're baptized in faith and receive the Eucharist, how do we walk in that light? Because when we walk in that, God, that light, God's light, so that He shapes us more and more throughout that journey to become more like that gift that He gave us, more like Himself, because the children represent the Father, right? The children represent those whom they're children of, right? They look like them, they act like them, and we have to live up to that. You know, we have to live up to that call of being His children. St. John the Evangelist, um, an apostle, emphasizes this both in his gospel that we read today and also in his epistle. In his epistle, 1 John chapter 1, he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So first, we must approach God and strive towards this amazing goal with faith. Faith is the most important thing. We read today, believe in, believe in the light. Faith is the foundation upon which we build our relationship with God. What kind of faith and how much faith? That differs, but St. Paul describes it in Galatians when he says that type of faith that works through love, the faith that works through love. Not just that idle, dead faith, but the faith that actually works. How do we increase in that faith? We follow the example of someone who doubted that we read a few weeks ago, St. Thomas. St. Thomas didn't sit idly in his house doubting and saying, I, I doubt that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. But what did he do? He... he um, Instead of doing that, he came to the assembly of the believers, and there he found Christ where all, with all the other apostles, with the, those who were believing, and consequently he saw Christ and was increased in faith. We find him in church. We find him among other faithful people and in his service. We find him in, his, in serving him. Second, and this one's really, really important in walking as children of light. This one is really critical. As much as is, as is in our control, we must be at peace with other people. St. Cyril says, After all, being at peace with one another and with God should be understood to be the fountain, as it were, and the beginning of every good thing. Every good thing is founded upon us living in harmony with each other. Harmony and peace with, our, with each other fosters the work of the Holy Spirit, and it fosters wonderful fruits in our life. 
not only is it pleasant that we walk in the light with other people who walk in the same manner, but it also captures, if I can use that word, captures the work of the Holy Spirit. We capture the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. His Holy Spirit becomes active and is very present in the workings of His children who walk in harmony. But when we walk in quarreling, when we walk in uh, arguing uh, with each other, on the other hand, then it extinguishes the work of the Holy Spirit. Though the Holy Spirit's there, of course, He does not work as we ask Him to work because we're not at peace with one another. As uh, in Romans chapter 16, St. Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrines which you, which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. And St. Paul also says in Titus chapter 3, Reject a divisive man after his first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. He's condemning his own self because he's causing division and he's also quarreling with other people, usually over tri trifling matters, but sometimes over big matters as well. It, there's no distinguishing that. Harmony is first and foremost in our, in our community. That such a person who causes division and quarreling should be rejected after a few warnings. Rejected. I mean, that's a harsh word that St. Paul uses after a few warnings that he be rejected from the body of Christ. A person who judges others or causes division or quarreling is someone who usually wants attention to be turned away from his own weaknesses and focused upon what? Someone else's weaknesses. But that doesn't hide his sin. It never works. And it never erases his sins either, or her sins. That's how important harmony is within the body of Christ. It's critical. So we should make peace with everyone that causes the Holy Spirit, that, that will cause the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives, and that uh, unity in the body of Christ is what fosters the work of the Holy Spirit in our life to be very present. But on the other hand, division causes us to be rejected by the Holy Spirit and from the body of Christ so that we can learn to be at peace with others. There's a story of uh, two monks that lived in a Persian monastery uh, um, in, it's located in the Desert Fathers. You guys know about the Desert Fathers. It's a wonderful reading. Uh, I'll share this little story with you. So these two monks lived together, but one time one of the monks, uh, both of the monks, they kind of quarreled together. So they got into a fight. So, and so divisive was the uh, argument that one of the monks left the monastery and the other one remained. The one who stayed in the monastery was captured. Uh, by the pagans and uh, was told to deny Jesus Christ. And he was brave, right? He was tortured, he was bribed, and he was, uh, you know, told all sorts of things trying to intimidate him, but he never ever confessed, uh, he never ever um, denied his faith. He always was strong in confessing his faith, even under extreme torture. So his other friend who left the monastery heard about this and he came to himself and he repented and he went to his brother in the, in the jail while his brother was chained in the jail and he fell at his feet and apologized asking for forgiveness and asking for peace. But the monk who was in chains and who you know, endured such torture was not persuaded. He wouldn't forgive his brother. He couldn't forgive him. 
so his friend left, you know, very sad and very dismayed and, and despairing. The next day, so they pulled out the, the person who was in, in chains and they were going to start all over again with him. As we read a lot in the, in the Senexarium about the, the, the sufferings that the saints went through back in that day. So they asked him to deny his faith again and he said, no, I'm not going to deny my faith in Christ. So they were getting ready again with all the torture equipment and everything. And they laid him out on the table and they tied him and were about to strike him when he saw, two, when he saw the two soldiers coming to him with the instruments of torture. He quickly denied Christ. He denied Christ. And, and, and the judge was kind of surprised. You know, he was getting ready to torture him again. And he asked him, so he loosened his chains and he asked him to come here and he said, you know, all this time... You endured such stress and such torture, and now you just see the, the soldiers coming with the swords and about to you know, strike you, and, and you quickly deny your faith. What happened? You know, it's a lot of inconsistency there. And the, and the guy understood that grace left him at that point when he wouldn't forgive his sins of, of his uh, brother, and he wouldn't make peace. And so that's why he lost his courage. So he was able to endure such pain and suffering with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. But once his brother came and asked for forgiveness and he denied him, the Holy Spirit left him and he was able to quickly deny Christ. The story goes on that he repented, went back to his brother, fell at his feet this time, and went back boldly and eventually was martyred. Um, because he learned his lesson. And har because harmony with others, which includes putting up with each other's weaknesses and mistakes, is directly linked with the grace of God. Forgiveness of our, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We say it every day, but do we think about it, right? <clears throat> so that's one way of walking in the, uh, in the light, which is really important, harmony with each other. The third way to walk in the light is that we must be working on our conduct to reflect the true light, which is Jesus Christ. St. John says, He who abides in Him, the true light, ought himself to walk just as He walked. So if we say we abide in the light or want to abide in the light, our conduct must be a reflection of that light. So what's the sp starting point of our conduct if we say, Wow, I'm so far from you know, being just like God, being just like Christ as a child of God. How do I start if I don't know, you know, how to correct my conduct? And the Bible is very clear about this. The starting point is sometimes something that we're uncomfortable talking about. Uh, but it's a very beneficial thing for kick-starting our spiritual life. And it's clear in sp uh, Scripture as far as its effectiveness in starting us walking down the right spiritual path to become aware of the reality of that great and awesome and fearful name of Jesus Christ, which is the fear of God. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, as it says in Proverbs chapter 9. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of eternal damnation, fear of retributions even in this life, and fear of exposure, but fear mostly of losing our relationship with God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. This is the meaning of life. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, which good, whether good or evil. And this is really what he's saying. This is what it all boils down to. Fear God and keep His commandments. 
Fear is a powerful motivator for proper conduct. Though not an appealing discussion, we, don't want, we want to talk about the love of God. We want to make God into a, a cute teddy bear, right, that we can cuddle with. And he's true, he's our best friend. But he's also the creator of the universe, right? And there is a just judgment that's coming. Though not an appealing discussion, it's still an effective way for us to kickstart our spiritual life. It's acceptable to God. God doesn't reject our good works saying, oh, you've just done this because you were afraid of me. No, he accepts it as a starting point. Character is, how do you define character? Is the pattern of one's behavior. If somebody is courageous one time, we say, oh, wow, he did a courageous thing there. But if he shows that pattern of courage in all of his actions, then he becomes a courageous person, right? And that's what uh, the pattern of our conduct defines who we are. Fear of God prompts us to start cleansing that character and start fixing the things in our life and our personality and to be more in line with our renewed nature that we received at baptism. And to walk just as He walked and to walk in the light is what our goal is. It's a shield against falling, the fear of God. It protects us from falling. It perfects holiness in our life and it's a continual advancement in the spiritual life. There are causes that we're fearless sometimes. Sometimes we're fearless. We don't fear God. That's usually because we don't recognize ourselves and who we are. Sometimes we have a feeling of familiarity because familiar, the feeling of familiarity causes contempt, contempt for something. Or sometimes we don't put the day of judgment in front of our eyes and of the righteous judgment of God who will render each one according to his deeds, as St. Paul says. And in Hebrews he says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into his hands. <clears throat> However, fear is a spiritual stage that God does not want us to stay in. And eventually he'll quickly not eventually, but quickly, he'll turn it into love. God does not want us to live in fear. And I assure you, once you start in the fear of God, it won't last long, because God will quickly turn it into his love, love for him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not, made me, has not been made perfect in love. And that's, all of us are beginners, right? And so fear, there has to be some measure of fear of God in our lives until we have that perfect love that St. John talks about. As one grows in that love of God, fear dis dissipates, and we become more motivated by the love of God rather than the fear of God. <clears throat> the love of God grows as one's conduct is directed towards holiness. Conduct and love, each reciprocally produces the other, right? The more we love God, the more we conduct our lives properly. And the more we conduct our lives properly, the more we love God. And the fear of God is a quick way to start this process and bringing one's conduct in the right path towards holiness and towards that light that we're all walking in. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So how do we allow this healthy fear to come into our hearts? Let God have like an awesomeness which induces us to be ashamed before Him and ashamed to commit any sin that uh, will offend Him. Stand with reverence and prayer so that the fear of God enters into our heart. Respect the Holy Bible, the Word of God. Like, you know, don't let it be just a decoration in your house, putting other items of decorations on top of it. The Bible should be prominent. It should be always open in our houses, and it should be visible at all times. 
Our Lord is a wonderful and very lovable being. He is very lovable, so that fear will not last long. So these are the three things, right? We walk in the light by faith. We walk in the light by making peace with one another. And we walk in, in the light by correcting our conduct. And as we continue to walk in that light and progress in our spiritual journey, there are three important points as well that I want to make you aware of to, that we keep walking in that light. Firstly, that we purify our senses, right? Protect the gates of our spirit. Guard them aggressively. Be mindful of where you put your senses. Friends, entertainment, social media, the internet, television, those things can oftentimes be detriments to us, right? Because the things that we see, the things that we hear and touch and smell and so on, these are the things that reside in our mind. And the more we think about them, the more they'll reside in our hearts. And the more it, revise, it resides in our hearts and our affections, the more it becomes part of who we are and then eventually they'll reflect in our actions. Then it will yield either salvation or uh, loss thereof. The second thing is hope. Hope grants strength during the spiritual journey. We need to always have hope in our life. For those practicing repentance and purity and walking in that light, there's always hope, knowing that God will pick them up after every time he or she falls and help them stand upright. We fall very many times in the spiritual journey while we walk in the light and should always be assured that God will pick us back up again. We say this often and we remind ourselves that the measure of a saint is not whether or not he or she sins, but that after sinning, he rises again or she rises again quickly. In Micah chapter 7 is what the saint says when he falls. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. <clears throat> and the third thing in walking in that light, to continue to walk in that light, is to have active nourishment during that journey. We have to be active in our spiritual life. Coming on Sunday mornings is great, but it's not enough. We have to do something during the week. We have to read the Bible. Maybe there's another liturgy during the week that we can come to. We have to read spiritual books like the Church Fathers, which I guarantee if you read the Church Fathers, you will not be the same person again. Right? It will change you so dramatically that you will like, take leaps and bounds in your spiritual life. <clears throat> Prayer during the week. Don't just pray Sunday mornings, but pray during the week as well. Meetings and Bible studies. There's Bible studies and meetings that our church always gives and makes available to us, even through Zoom sometimes. Uh, we should take advantage of that and not, not let those go too quickly without... Uh, trying to benefit from uh, a, a Bible study or getting deeper into the Bible. The liturgy and communion, of course, is important. Hymns and spiritual songs, service in the church, all of these things keep us walking in the light. You know about all of these things. So may today be the day that we all begin to live a life inside the light of Christ who encourages us in the spiritual path as we walk with Him. To Him be glory. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.